right, Bitcoin accumulation country. My name is Phil. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. We are in season three, and this is episode 15. Got a very special interview today with Knut Svanholm, and he is the author of Bitcoin Sovereignty Through Mathematics. Now, our discussion isn't really pertaining to his book uh, per se. Of course, we, we do talk about it a bit, but it's more about his rabbit hole story because I, I really know nothing about him and I find him to be a very interesting guy. And of course, I, you know, I, I love his tweets and, uh, you know, they're obviously thought provoking. So naturally, you know, had to ask him to come on the podcast and uh, sit down and chat with me. So anyways, without further ado, um, we are going to get into our discussion with Knut Svanholm. But before we do, we're going to talk about our show's Bitcoin-only sponsor, Swan Bitcoin. As you guys know, they're my first official sponsor, and I'm obviously really glad because they are Bitcoin-only, and that's important to me. Uh, very important, actually. Probably the, the most important thing. But anyways, let's talk about dollar cost averaging, right? Because in the end, we don't all have the amount, the full amount of money that we are going to put into Bitcoin all in one shot. And what is, I believe, to be the safest and easiest way to get into Bitcoin is with dollar cost averaging. And Swan Bitcoin offers you three really easy things to remember, okay? You can automatically withdraw from your bank account, automatic purchase of BTC, and automatic withdrawal to your chosen address, okay? It's nice and simple. It's run by some good people, and I definitely suggest any Bitcoiners to go and take a look at Swan Bitcoin and see if their dollar cost averaging platform works for you. So check it out. The link will be in the show notes. All right. Without further ado, here's my chat with Knut Svanholm. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for joining me on the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. Um, I have a very special guest that wrote a really interesting book called Bitcoin Sovereignty Through Mathematics. And his name is Knut Svanholm. And I'm really, really lucky to have him joining me today. So in the midst of all of this coronavirus craziness, of course, we got to give that a shout out. I've got Knut here. So thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having me. So before we get into Bitcoin uh, sovereignty through mathematics, um, I, I have to say I know very little uh, about you. Obviously, I follow you on Twitter and you put out some I, I find some really, you know, some some great tweets that I, I really enjoy and interact with and retweet. So, you know, how I mean, when did you uh, you know, when did you get into Bitcoin or how did you get into Bitcoin? And, you know, what's the uh, what's the thinker behind the thought? <laughs> uh, that's a good, very good question there. Uh <laughs> The thinker behind the thought, uh, like uh, when I discovered Bitcoin, I was uh, at the time working on a tall ship uh, as an officer uh, uh, on a tall ship. Uh, like I was the second mate uh, sailing around the Atlantic, uh, and uh, I had a lot, a lot of spare time there. Uh, uh, especially when crossing the Atlantic, you have a couple of weeks <laughs> uh, each time you do that. And uh, like I saw uh, a bunch of different countries and a bunch of different political systems. And we went to like extremes, like uh, right after being on, in Havana, Cuba, we went to Miami and then to Charleston, South Carolina. And like uh, before oh, wow. that, 
Belize and Mexico and stuff, places like this. Uh, so, uh, and I, I noticed I came to different conclusions about how each country worked than, uh, than uh, most other people on board. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, and like, so like political ideas and the socioeconomic ideas started to... Uh, I, I don't really know if this this story is a hundred percent true, but it's like the romanticized way of, <laughs> of the romanticized version of my uh, of my backstory. <laughs> uh, like I I don't know if this is how the idea of Bitcoin popped into my head, but I de- I, I definitely think it had something to do with this lifestyle. And like even before that, I was always uh, I read quite a lot of mathematics. Uh, uh, I studied to become an engineer, but uh, but uh, I never finished those studies. I, I I did that for a year, but we read all the maths. So so I was, uh, I've been quite into maths uh, uh, earlier on in life, and then I switched careers, so to speak, and became a uh, decided to become become a master mariner instead. And right now I'm working as a uh, crew manager for a shipping company. That's uh, yeah. That's so uh, uh, it's an odd story, but everyone's got an odd story in this. It, <laughs> I, I love it. I, I I love that that everybody is is so different, and I always get all these unexpected stories. Like, man, I I don't think I've ever heard of a master mariner. Okay, so <laughs> that's super cool to me. I mean, like, I couldn't imagine. So I, I'm I'm a Taurus, and I'm very Taurusy. I I like to sit in one place, and you know, I'm I'm all about like not doing that type of travel. So I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't even imagine what it's like to be out on the Atlantic for that many weeks. And like, <laughs> does it uh, like I mean, does it get lonely? I mean, I'm assuming like you you spend you end up spending a lot of time thinking. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but we were like uh, eleven and people in the crew and 44 students so it didn't uh, so oh. it wasn't lonely okay uh, but uh, tedious from time to time but, <laughs> but uh, uh, at the same time uh, like the first the first crossings I did were really uh, special events uh, like if you haven't crossed the Atlantic of course it's a it's an experience uh, you know Seeing all the sunsets and the, the dolphins and the mareel and uh, all, all these things, tuna fish jumping up and down and like, yeah, a lot. <laughs> hey, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's definitely an experience, and uh, I did that for eight years. Wow, that's, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, I don't know if I could. Uh, I don't know if I could do that kind of travel. For, for that long so respect yeah. respect for that <laughs> thank you where, where are you located you said eastern u.s yeah i'm on the Somewhere. east coast yeah uh, originally so, uh, originally from uh, montreal quebec canada all right but yeah. where are you now uh, i'm or, actually in um, I, i'm in massachusetts oh. maybe uh, maybe this is terrible opsic <laughs> oh know. no no people uh, no pe- people know i'm in massachusetts i i've i've uh, said it right. like yeah i've said it like 50 times oh they uh it's okay the you know, Massachusetts. oh no, the the the, uh, the, the state, the state Massachusetts, yeah, uh, or oh, what's the capital there? Uh, 
I used to know them all, but I've forgotten. <laughs> well, for Massa- well, for Massachusetts, the uh, the main city is Boston. Boston, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting. So, I've been out here for ten years, so eleven years. <laughs> all right. <laughs> A little bit different than the sea life. I mean, in my in my past life, I did uh, the most travel I ever did was I, I used to do support for you know these self serve DVD rental systems. Kind of like, I, I'm sounds sure like an uh, sounds like a nineties job. <laughs> it, it was a it was a late nineties, yeah, exactly. It was a late nineties kind of like early early two thousands job, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I used to travel around the uh, the the country and uh, troubleshoot these machines. I would install them and I would troubleshoot them. So it taught me a lot about actually. Uh, we had an interface with um, uh, Moneris which is, uh, you know, banking, uh, you know, kind of like uh, transaction type of software, you know, to handle retail transactions and whatnot. All right. So I got introduced in that way to, um, you know, handling, you know, understanding how, how the system handles credit card transactions through these automated machines. So oh, that, it's a little, that sounds really interesting. It's a little uh, bit of, yeah, it's a little bit of exposure to that. Um, and it's actually interesting to see how insecure our information really is and how a lot of it actually lives in plain text. Um, but anyways, I, I'm sure today the, uh, I'm sure today it's a lot different, but back then, um, yeah, you, people, you could do damage. Um, <laughs> so, so I want to back up though. I want to go back to you though for, so I guess like throughout all these travels, like what is it that got you to to think that Bitcoin has a you know like has a place or or that Bitcoin might be it? Well, uh, after I had this job, I uh, I rem- definitely remember being curious about it and interested in it. Uh, this must have been like thirteen, fourteen, no, or even earlier than that. Uh, uh, so, Maybe I encountered it for the first time, like 2012. But after that, I had another job in, like, uh, I was working on a crew transfer vessel. This is, like, the company I'm working for now as a crew manager. Uh, But at at that point in time, I was the captain of one of these smaller vessels. And uh, we had a lot of spare time on weather days uh, there. And I... I, uh, decided to enroll in a, in an online uh, university course uh, the University of Nicosia's uh, massive online course MOOC course there uh, about digital currencies which at the time was mainly bitcoin there wasn't that much else around worth men- mentioning there still isn't it exactly <laughs> yeah 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 Sorry. but the, the thing yeah the, the the names of the shit coins they uh, they fluctuate yeah yeah it was like name coin and prime coin and whatever coin back that's, then that's right yes <laughs> they hadn't figured out how to differentiate themselves enough uh, to to hide their bullshit <laughs> anyway uh, so I did that and uh, like a year after that I thought uh, I was curious like like. Uh, I had all this newfound knowledge, <laughs> and I was still curious about it, still trying to learn more. And uh, I thought, what what am I going to do with all this knowledge? I'm I'm not doing anything with it. And there's like the 
there there are no job opportunities for me in this or right now i have nothing to show for myself or whatever so i started writing articles uh, and posted on medium and got a bit of a following and uh, then one day i thought uh, i wonder what the process of of uh, publishing a book is like so i, I uh, put together all the articles uh, i put them together and designed like a book around it uh, but then that that was the book that I was had my name associated to on the web, and I thought maybe I ought to write a, a more proper type of book here, so <laughs> with an actual narrative and a, a <laughs> something something more serious than this. Uh, so I did. I, uh, I my New Year's resolution two years back was to write a page a day until I until I had something to publish, and I did. Uh, and after uh, like a <laughs> hundred days, I got bored with it, and uh, <laughs> I I published sovereignty through mathematics. There it is. There, there it go. is. Sovereignty through math. It's my. Yeah. Uh, it's next stop. It's next stop. Right now, I'm reading the beginning of infinity. Uh, the beginning of infinity. Um, oh, <laughs> but it's it's next stop. All right, the beginning of infinity, uh, and this and my book is the next stop. I mean. Will you ever get to the end of infinity? <laughs> no, see that that's that's the whole thing about that book. It's it, I find it so phenomenal. It just it, you may you may want to check that one out if you haven't already. It's uh, by David David Deutsch, and uh, it's really interesting. Um, it, it just yeah, it yeah, totally blows I, uh, my mind. Yeah, I read one book on infinity. I don't remember the name of it, and I don't remember the name of the author either. Ah. But <laughs> infinity is such an interesting concept, and. I think understanding the concept of in infinity helps you understand the concept of scarcity and that you need like a framing for scarcity and yes. it's that it's a tricky thing to define. Uh, so, so that book on infinity, the, uh, in hindsight, that that was a big influence on on my interest in Bitcoin, I believe. And I saw uh, like, like over time when I wrote these articles, I noticed that many people in the space didn't have the same like uh, the same point of view as i did because i i always thought the the scarcity as aspect of it was the most interesting thing and like uh, i didn't really understand why a uh, paypal 2.0 thing was important at all no. uh, so it was always about like uh, this has to be a discovery rather than an invention, as I say in the book. Like uh, the resistance to replicability can only be invented once, because that is the invention. Like uh, so, uh, and I, I felt that a lot of people didn't uh, see it that way. So, uh, so I felt the need to express my point of view, basically. Well, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely excited to uh, to to read the book. And I mean, you know, to your point, it's, you know, scarcity, scarcity needs a framework. Um, yeah. Number one, number two, to me as well, the scarcity aspect number. OK, so for me, Bitcoin, the big the big things are the the lack of government control or capability to control it is very important. The uncensorable nature of it. Um, yeah. And of course, the scarcity is in terms of like an underlying, uh, you know, an underlying idea is is huge. W without it, it's we're, we're just perpetuating what we already have. So I, I definitely agree. 
you know, like, exactly. uh, yeah, scarcity is yeah. absolutely massive. And to your point yeah. about a PayPal 2.0, um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, but the payment rails, people don't understand that Visa and MasterCard, like, aren't a bank. Like, they don't even understand that they don't no. issue debt. So, so it's like this, no. you know, they don't realize that those are just payment rails. These are simply structures built up on top of an underlying yeah. structure. So Bitcoin yeah. doesn't need that crap in it. No, no. In Bitcoin, it's all in the, in the same package, so to speak. Yes. And like uh, the decentralization aspect is very interesting as well. And uh, I think pe people underestimate how hard decentralization is to achieve and how hard it is to prove that something is actually decentralized because it's not a binary thing how do you prove that something is decentralized and for me uh, the, that was the when the Bcash fork happened and the no 2x movements uh, the, the the users won over over the miners or <laughs> over the cartels uh, that's when I, I that was confirmed for me i my my belief in that this was the system really worked and that, that uh uh i'm i'm taking a bigger risk by not associating myself with it than by doing so that was like that point in time like my my belief in this was became really ironclad after that hmm. so yeah um, i i i was gonna say you know what um I think around that time as well, because I, I got into it really heavily in early 2017, um, yeah. before before the big run-up, um, and I was using Bitcoin before that uh, as a medium of exchange, but I did not um, did not see it uh, in... I, I didn't understand its qualities in the same way, right? Like, for me at that time, yeah. it was just internet money, right? Like, that, that yeah. that's all it was, and... I didn't get the uh, the other qualities of it that made it superior. No, no, you know. So and it, yeah. uh, and it's it's not until you uh, uh, until you discover that rabbit hole uh, uh, that 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 you become really passionate about it because it, it goes hand in hand. Like when you see uh, when you realize that the emperor really doesn't have any clothes. <laughs> That he's really naked. Uh, that's when you, uh, you, you've already swallowed the red pill by that point, and you're like, it's impossible to, to, uh, to, to, to re rewind that. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, so let me ask you this, because I feel as though you maybe realized. I mean, for me, I realized the emperor wears no clothes probably when I was around 16, 17 years old. Um, so let me ask you this. When did, when did you realize the emperor wears no clothes? Uh, did, uh, uh, that is such a hard question because, uh, which emperor and which, uh, like it's, it's a series, right? You're right. It, it is yeah, it, it's yeah. a series of different emperors, right? There's, there's like the emperors in politics. There's the emperors yeah. in banking. There's, you're, you're right. I mean, it's, it's yeah. all different, right? The emperors of religion, you know? Yeah. Is, yeah. That, that's like my first, uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, I realized that that sphere had no clothes, none yeah. of them, uh, or they had stupid clothes, that... <laughs> stupid hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it... uh, so, so that that uh, that happened for me quite early on. Uh, like that had nothing to do with Bitcoin. I I really right? love 
the uh, the ideas of the so-called new atheists movements in the like that was like 15 years ago may, maybe now uh, the, in the aftermath of 9/11 there were four big books written by Sam Harris, Daniel Dennett, Christopher Hitchens and uh, uh, Richard Dawkins and uh, those are really good books and I recommend them uh, on on religion and how much of a house of cards so all of that thing is and how how wasteful it is and how misguided and uh, evil without knowing its own evilness the the problem yeah. is I, I think the uh you know not not to go down this rabbit hole too far but i, I think one of the main because the, it's a huge one and i i can't disagree with you mm. i when it comes to mainstream religion i i truly believe that it fails to initiate and, and yeah. regardless of your beliefs uh or anybody's beliefs when you have yeah. when you have a, a structure that fails to actually initiate people and just creates a bunch of spectators, uh, yeah. you're just going down a, a terrible, terrible uh, path. You know. That, yeah. that, but my my point is is that um, it offers poor answers to very difficult questions, and as a result, yeah. I think those poor answers lead people um, to create just just horrific horrific responses and. Um, I mean, look, yeah. you know, we, we see it, right? I mean, people people um, die for God. Yeah, exactly. And the, the you know? poor answers given uh, deprives people of their ability to find the proper answers. Truth. Because many of the theological like, or the philosophical questions do have answers. And we, we have those answers, like... Yep. So, like, how old is the universe and all this stuff? Uh, there are answers to these questions, and you can like deduct everything and verify everything. Uh, and but, but a religious mindset uh, prevents you from thinking this way. And I know I'm I'm uh, out on thin ice here because a lot there are a lot of religious people in Bitcoin, and I I find it fascinating. The thing is, the thought thread I. Uh, Let's say I I I realized that this emperor had no uh, clothes at, at an early point, but my my point of view today is that nation states are religious entities. Like uh, money is uh, in God. its current form is is just a a tool used by religious uh, cult leaders. Uh, it, you you can you can look at it uh, like that. Like nations are cults in uh, if you look up the de definition of a cult it's very hard to like not put the nation state in that box because it has all the all the the uh, what's the word i'm looking for all the properties of uh, of a cult <laughs> yeah and, well, and this is scary yeah, it, it definitely is. And one thing I do want to, I mean, and again, you may not agree with me on this, but I, I see that I, I see there being a very uh, big difference between a, a person that is, quote unquote, you know, faithful and a person that is, quote unquote, religious, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I'm like, talking about yeah. organized religion yes. and not personal like, beliefs. Yeah, the, the the, two, yeah, it's very. Because I know people mix too. those, you know, so I just wanted to make that distinction, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because I, I know, like, people people personalize stuff, like, when they hear it, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, they, they get, like, all offended. Like, it's like, you know, now it's not geared towards you, <laughs> you know? So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and the, the, the definition of atheism I have is not like I'm a dis.
believer in this specific god. It's like there there is no word for a uh, Santa Clausism or <laughs> a Toothfairyism. <laughs> like it's the same thing. It's just uh, it's just that I don't buy this particular story, and there is no religious story that I do buy at this point in time. Yep. I I am perfectly fine with not having answers. So like Richard Feynman said, I prefer. Uh, unanswerable questions to unquestionable answers okay so boom <laughs> so hold on a second i, I think yeah. <laughs> I, th I think it's totally amazing that that you mention him okay because yeah. i um one of the one of the people i chat with on twitter um mentioned him to me and said i should definitely be checking out his books um yeah. and a very rational man and and so i gotta ask you okay i've got two on my list i've got the pleasure of finding things out and surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman. Are those, <laughs> yeah. are those good reads? Are they worth it? I, I don't know. I haven't read any oh, Feynman. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but but I'm 98% uh, sure that they are. <laughs> I was going to say, a lot of people seem to, to like uh, bits and pieces of his work. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to dig into it. Yeah. But yeah. it's interesting, right? What you're explaining is something that I just learned. Uh, it kind of has to do with fallibilism. Right. The uh, yeah, yeah. The ability for us to simply just say, you you know what? Like, I I mean, I I may be wrong. I'm you know I'm only as good as my current level of awareness, and I will you know most likely become aware of different information at a different point in time. Yeah, that's that's you know? what science. That's what science is all about. That the scientific method is all about. Like, uh, use the best model available and and try to falsify it all the time. And like, <laughs> if it doesn't hold up. Uh, revise your thoughts and, and think some, something else and of course this applies to uh, to bitcoin as well we could we could all be wrong and we could all have to rethink everything uh, i mean uh, and i like my thoughts to be challenged by people because uh, it's hard to uh, to find uh, where you're wrong uh, you need like response from other people to to uh, you need other people to uh, to verify your thoughts. <laughs> That's right. yeah, exactly yeah. right. Like you, you need to have that discussion. In, yeah, exactly. You, you know, it's like it, and to a certain extent, I guess it's a good thing for us to feel uncomfortable, right? Yeah. It, it's a good thing yeah. for us to feel uncomfortable with the thought, and, and I think it's important for us to realize that we don't own these thoughts like i think it's very important because a lot of people what happens is is that this is where people usually get become wrong about something yeah is because yeah, when they they identify with a certain thought. yeah i know you know and, and, and they own they, it. yeah yeah and that's a that's a big trap for all of us i mean especially in bitcoin it's, it's very easy to uh, to find an idea so attractive so that you cling on to it uh without maybe having fully understood it. And uh, I'm aware of that this might be what we're all doing. <laughs> uh, but I don't think so. I, like, that's why I try to have these conversations and why I, why I talk to people so much about this and why I try to. Uh, because the more I do, the more convinced I am rather than the opposite. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you each day try to figure out what's wrong with Bitcoin? And when I say try to figure out what's wrong, like try to figure out like how it's not what you think it is, because I, I have to be honest, every single day 
I think of that. Every single day, I, I try to think of ways that it's not what I think it is. And every single day, those ideas to me, they get destroyed because I end up finding, I end up finding information or yeah. proof that leads yeah. me in the direction to say, no, this is why you think this. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say every day, but quite <laughs> often. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, of course, a lot of Bitcoiners and a lot of so-called maximalists, or as I prefer, rationalists, uh, have this. Uh, have, they they have the same experience. They try to prove themselves wrong, and they just can't do it because they're not wrong. They're right. <laughs> exactly. So I wanted to uh, I wanted to go and dig in just a little bit into your book. Um, I, uh, I I obviously I like I told you I, I didn't read it yet, but I did. Uh, obviously, I glanced over it, um, and I listened to. I want to give a shout out to Guy Swan for doing the the audible version. Um, yeah, that's that's the best version of it. It's I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I listened to the sample. I, I loved it, and of course, to be yeah, able to he's... hear your book in Guy's voice. Yeah, he's such a great guy. <laughs> it's it's like all <laughs> yeah. right, that's great. So shout out to him, you know, and obviously yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so we love you, Guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. and everything that you do for Bitcoin. I mean, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to absorb three quarters of the Bitcoin material that I have. So no, you, you like uh, I have the same story. I, I listen to it uh, on my way to work, and that's that's the chance I get to to read stuff. I listen to stuff. Uh, yeah, me too. Yep. Um, so I wanted to. Uh, okay, so the way that you started the book, which I found very interesting. Okay, is you started it with everything is a trade. Okay, and you specifically yeah. you specifically begin the dis the discussion with language, right? And with just us talking, is a value yeah, yeah. is a value proposition. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess like what what got you to go in that direction? I mean, because for me, whenever I sit down to write anything about Bitcoin, I, I feel like I'm standing in the middle. I feel like I'm standing in the middle of an ocean, and I yeah. don't know what direction to to start in. Yeah, I guess I thought uh, thought about how how do I so how do I start this. Uh, I, I need to go back to the basics. Well, what are the basics? Is it, what, what is money? No, that's not the basics. I need to go even deeper than that. And that is the question, what is value? And and this that's a deep philosophical question. And there have been many different theories about it. And I believe the uh, subjective theory of value, value to be the most truthful one there is. There is no such thing as an objective value. I, I mean... And this is what I try to emphasize in that chapter of the book. Like a single breath of air can be worth uh, an infinite amount of money to someone who really needs uh, his next breath of air. Like a, a free driver, diver trapped under ice is the uh, metaphor I use in the book. So that, While, uh, yeah. that's very interesting. Okay, so let me, um, I guess, let me extrapolate out from that. Um, so if it's the subjective value then that means it's only valuable to that individual. So yeah, and it's 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 not only connected to a, uh, a specific individual, but to a specific point in time. Like okay, yes, uh, it's valuable yes. now to this individual. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I I definitely uh, I definitely agree with that uh, with that viewpoint. So yeah, 
that that is interesting. But I have heard people try to yeah, argue that's the like, objective it, value viewpoint, which I find a little bit more abstract. Yeah. Uh, I, I would use the word wrong <laughs> because so, like an, an easy uh, an easy thought experiment here, like. What happened when the price crashed uh, the other day in Bitcoin and it went down to 5000 Did you hodl? Did you sell? Did you buy more? I hodled okay. what and I have I... and I bought more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> this, is the, this is the thing to do. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, if you didn't sell, uh, then the Bitcoin you had or if you bought the, the like if you bought obviously the bitcoin was worth that to you at that point in time if you didn't sell what you had then bit, those bitcoins are worth more to you than the current price they they are because if they wouldn't have been you would have sold them make any sense absolutely <laughs> it totally makes yeah, sense yeah. so for me like it needs to go up by uh, it needs to add a uh, couple of extra zeros in the end for me to even consider selling exactly okay so because yeah so they are worth more than what the 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 figure on the screen says to me subjectively subjectively and it's much easier to to huddle and to have this viewpoint if like it doesn't matter what that number says Uh, it goes up and it goes down but it's more valuable than that to me and that's that's what's what's important here so are we all suffering mass psychosis because like i feel like because i mean you're not the only one right like i i feel the same way like when i look at bitcoin and i look at the price and i'm not i'm definitely not the only one you know like the you know besides all the bitcoiners that are not on twitter right that we don't know about um but i could tell you from all the bitcoin arts i know about you know, we look at today's price and every single one of us just sits there and like, we just don't give a shit because it doesn't matter. You know, yeah, like, it, the, it, it's not the price in our heads. So for us, like, is it, I mean, it's like, it's like a mass psychosis where we all see it as so much more valuable than it is. Yeah. Mass psychosis has <laughs> a, a, a teeny tiny bit of a negative ring to it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but it, it's true it does it does but i i mean it in a i mean it in a loving way for us yeah i i would i would say that uh, everyone else is in a mass psychosis <laughs> that that's actually a very good yeah. point that's we're actually- the only ones that aren't in a mass psychosis <laughs> the, you know what i like the way you flipped the script on that yes <laughs> thank you i appreciate that that's good <laughs> i think we feel better <laughs> You could offer you could offer some Bitcoin therapy, you know, to, to people that think they're crazy. You know, no, no, just remember it's everyone else that's crazy. That's a, that's actually an idea for a for a business, Bitcoin therapy. You know, the hodler, you know, the hodler syndrome. You know, where yeah. we could where we, where we could make you realize that no, no, you're not the one suffering of a syndrome. It's the other people that don't know shit. You know, so. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. We could do it, the, you know. The the rebel in me likes that a lot. <laughs> um, okay, so here, just a little bit. Uh, I, I want to touch a little bit more because there, there's some other topics that I like that you you discuss. Yeah, um, yeah. Before before you do though, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to add that I'm uh, I'm writing a second book. I'm almost done with it. Oh, cool. It's in the 
editing or proofreading uh, uh, phase. Uh, and I, I dive a, a bit further down this rabbit hole with the subjectivity, objectivity thing. And uh, there's, there's a third layer called intersubjective thing, uh, beliefs. Like uh, the thesis is that you have the f physical reality, like this house or this computer, and there's your objective thoughts and your objective, like what you think about the, the Bitcoin price or God or whatever. Uh, and then there's the intersubjective reality, which is the, the narrative that we all buy into. And, and this is what separates human beings from other mammals, uh, I think, or especially from other primates, uh, primates, we, we, uh, we can organize ourselves in organizations that are bigger than Dunbar's number. I believe the term is, mm -hmm. that's right. Uh, big, and it's because of this, uh, mass psychosis thing that we were talking about, because we can tell ourselves a story, uh, over vast distances and time scales that people buy into, uh, and, like the idea of a religion or of a nation state or even of money it's it's really nothing but an intersubjective belief uh, uh like we all agreed that uh, a dollar bill is worth one dollar uh, whatever whatever worth means but anyway the the thing is uh that's uh, it's it's important to remember that even though intersubjective truths seem like reality, they are uh, they originate in people's brains. They 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 have no anchorage, so to speak, to uh, to the in, real world in the physical yeah. space. So yes, I'm and the the paradigm can be changed and it can be shifted. Uh, like we don't have to do stuff this way and. So how do you how do you opt out of of uh, narratives that you aren't particularly comfortable with, like like the idea of the nation states, for for instance, for instance. What is the name of the book that you're writing? The second one. Sorry, I wanted to get the title. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, <laughs> oh okay, fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. It um, will be stolen instantly. I, I mean, okay. I, I I read like a section enough, of, from it, yeah, for, on another pod. I read an important section of it, and it, it it was quoted on Twitter, and all of a sudden it was already out there, and it like it spoils the thing too. <laughs> so oh, I'm what, trying people, to what people were stealing it. No, not really stealing, but uh, like quoting me. Okay. And, I, I, I uh, of course, I appreciate the quotes and everything, but I'd rather have it uh, come to life, come to life in the book first. Uh, so, so I'm being more cautious here about revealing too much about it. Oh no, fair enough, fair enough. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, okay, cool. So, when uh, when do you expect that to come out? I don't know. Right now, it depends a lot on uh, the people I'm collaborating with, uh, because I um, uh, I got uh, uh, very much help from the community last time around. So I'm trying to use that now as well, and uh, uh, like the about the author section and the foreword, uh, I'm letting other people write those. Okay. And I think 
like I found some really really good names cool <laughs> good people to write those and uh, I have like a a guy that is helping me edit and proofread the book and I really appreciate appreciate all the help I can get uh, this is like we learn from each other and we should we should uh, embrace the the help that bitcoiners are willing to give to each other I mean my journey has been surreal in that sense I, I I've received so much, uh, so much help, and so much. Uh, uh, I'm so grateful to the community for all they've done. Like it's been translated, the sovereignty has been translated into many other languages and stuff, and it's just surreal to to see your book in in other languages. Well, no, that's just one thing. Yeah. Well, look, man, you know it's having a huge impact, and. Uh... You know, I definitely, you know, I, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to read it. Um, I noticed in the, uh, also, you dive into Immaculate Conception. And um, <laughs> I, I kind of discussed this. I kind of, I, I discussed this with uh, with somebody else um, on a podcast recently. And I find that human beings, um, human beings have a, uh, like an attachment. Regardless of who the character is um, that that had that goes through this immaculate conception in terms of Bitcoin it, it's a you know what I mean it, it's a um, I, I guess it, it's a technology that goes through this this immaculate conception so this is very interesting because it is in a way the first of its kind uh, if you think about it you know I mean yeah. we, we did it with you know I mean people did it with people but like yeah. now it's like you know it, it's like now it's been done with technology. Yeah, so, more importantly, it's the last of its kind. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, like, want... uh, yeah, I, I really believe that uh, the way that this played has been playing out over the last ten years is is a huge part of why why I believe this system actually works, uh, and I don't believe you can you can ever uh, repeat the experiment. It's yeah, I totally agree. So, so that's what it was, right? It was environmental, uh, political, all of the you know technological conditions that came together. Yeah. To to create this medium, right? And and actually, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Held's work. Uh, yeah, I am. I met I met him. Oh, cool. So <laughs> shout you, out to him as well. <laughs> yeah. So you know he wrote planting Bitcoin, and planting Bitcoin essentially explains all of this. You know. And it, it, I totally believe it to be true. So to your point, um, I think it would be incredibly difficult to recreate those circumstances naturally. We would unfortunately yeah. need we would unfortunately need the same type of scenario to play out at magnitudes higher in order to, or I guess different order of yeah. magnitudes. To, to uh, I would say, fortunately. You can't repeat it. Like I'm flipping everything you say now. Yeah, you are. You're <laughs> totally flipping me. <laughs> no, but it's good. But, it's uh, good. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the the idea that the experiment can't be uh, that it, this is a one time event. And and Dan Held, by the way, is is like if he expresses a lot of the viewpoints that I have in my head. It's very clear minded guy, and uh, yeah. I, I think he's very yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think his his the way he sees Bitcoin is very close to how how I see Bitcoin. 
he's definitely a great speaker. And uh, I got to interview him. I got to meet him. And uh, like um, he, he's he's definitely one of my uh, one of my favorite in pe- uh, people in Bitcoin. I find he's very approachable. And uh, yeah, he uh, when he did the podcast with me, he explained because uh, I don't know if you if you his planting Bitcoin book has uh, a soundtrack to it. So um, if you listen to if you read the book while you listen to the soundtrack, it's really interesting because he, he actually ties the music into the the theme. Oh, really? Yeah, man, it's that, it's super cool. Is that on Audible? Um, I don't know if it's on Audible, but you can definitely get it on uh, it's on Medium. And I'll give you the all link right. after. I'll give you the link. It's cool. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's awesome. So, um, <laughs> all right. So cool. So you're. So besides the books, um, are you uh, are you doing anything else in Bitcoin that you are allowed to share? <laughs> yeah, I'm shit post, po- posting on Twitter <laughs> a lot, and I I love when I get uh, like uh, misunderstood, uh, like the like the price prediction tweets. I think they're hilarious. Like. I'm I'm doing this. Uh, this is the last time Bitcoin will ever be under ten thousand dollars, and like uh, tweets like that. Uh, yeah, uh, Hodlonot does a lot of them as well, and it's so funny because people take it so seriously, and they don't really don't see the joke in it. No, they freak like, out. Yeah, and uh, and the thing is, uh, in a way, uh, this is the last time Bitcoin will ever be under uh, ten thousand dollars because it all depends on. The time scale. If you zoom out long enough, there will be a point in time that that that, that tweet is true, and a single lifetime is such a short life uh, is such a, a short time span in the uh, life cycle of Bitcoin. I believe because I I believe this to to uh, it has at least the potential to exist for thousands of years. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And if it does. Who the hell cares about some dork's tweets? I mean, uh, it's so, uh, it's so, uh, and like they say that I wreck my credibility and I shouldn't do this. What? And uh, yeah, yeah, the, the response have been weird. Like, oh, uh, well, you shouldn't you say that before? because uh, it's untrue and uh, it damages your, uh, uh, your 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 reputation. And like, <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> think that <laughs> i mean really I it's like i have been following yeah. so hodlnot was one of the first people in bitcoin twitter that actually uh that i followed and that followed me um yeah. and, and i was still like a shit uh, like a partial shit coiner but like <laughs> but but learning about bitcoin and and so like you i i mean I, i've been watching him put these tweets out forever i mean yeah yeah who, uh, he's just great who cares <laughs> it's like i i love it i i think it's yeah, amazing yeah, yeah, every yeah. time he does yeah, it yeah so it's even, so funny. Even yeah, to your it's point, so it's like, who yeah. cares? It's for me the the real damaging stuff. Okay, the real damaging stuff on Twitter is when people attempt to discredit Bitcoin with some centralized bullshit shitcoin that's an imitation that can easily be shut down that doesn't have yeah. the same qualities. Um, that that that's a a, a total bag. And when people sit there and they try to play on your ignorance with my technology's faster, uh, my foundation's got more money, like all this crap, like I, I just – that's where I get pissed off. For me, those are the dangerous narratives. That's where a person who – if they're a Bitcoiner and they're spouting this type of information – so to me, obviously, they're not a Bitcoiner. They're just a shitcoiner. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that's where it gets dangerous and that's where your credibility – 
kind of goes down the tube. And yeah, and the, I, I didn't the see that is, from you. You know, no, we, we give them <laughs> so. we give them too much attention. Like people uh, stop responding to Roger's tweets, for instance. Oh yeah, he thrives on on uh, uh, just uh, attention. He he wants the attention, and it, it, every time someone responds to him or like. Uh, you know, tries to argue with him. There's another response to that tweet, and that tweet gets higher and higher up the 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 newsfeed hierarchy. That uh, like ignore these, ignore these people. They're yeah. not worth your time. Block them and forget about them. Why? Why? Why would anyone in 2020 who's into Bitcoin give a shit about what Roger Veer thinks about stuff? Oh yeah. I mean, he. he <laughs> Why? It's true. Why, why, why would anyone give him... I mean, here we are sitting talking about him now, and we should stop right away because... Uh, yeah, let's stop. Change, change the subject. Stop. Yeah, No more. But, but yeah. I, I appreciate the shit posting, though. Yeah. I do. I appreciate your shit posting. It's fantastic. Shit posting, shit posting is... Uh, and like... What, and I have a... I, yeah. Go ahead. I was, was going to say, I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot more of it with the uh, the coronavirus shut-in that we're all <laughs> going to start to experience. Yeah, man, it's been it's been weird these couple of days. Just yeah. uh, in my in, in my work, uh, I've been I've been uh, I've been like on the phone for fifteen hours straight and stuff like that. It's oh, been yeah. completely weird. Yeah. So um, let me. Oh, oh, yeah. Are are you a uh, are you a VR enthusiast? Uh. Sort of. Or I have a headset. It? I have a headset <laughs> for the phone, but not for the computer. And I'm really uh, <laughs> like, I see these VR meetups that they're having, uh, yeah. and I'd like to join, but uh, haven't really gotten there yet. Yeah, me and like, either. Yeah, and I need a good excuse for my wife as well. Like, uh, I, I will be away in virtual reality for an hour now. <laughs> I know. Talking about mimble wimble, like uh, uh, <laughs> like uh, it's it's sort of <laughs> it's like, you know it's like I'm gonna be uh, dumping on shit coins for an hour. Just I'll be back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, in my virtual space. It's a hard sell. It, it is. I, I tried to explain it yesterday. You know, and like she's asking me, she's like, "So how much is one of these VR headsets?" And it's like, "Well, if I get the Oculus Quest, it's like five hundred and forty-nine bucks." And it's like, I'm not really going anywhere. I'm putting yeah. on a pair of glasses, and I've got these two kind of hand yeah. controllers. I, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I just, I, I think. You're and right. when you when you say the price, she looks at you like, "Yeah, oh, if looks could have killed, yeah. uh, you know." <laughs> so what? It's like how much. You know, and it's like, oh, it's funny. And it just right now, especially with what's going on with coronavirus, it's it's a tough sell that 500 bucks. Yeah, but there's uh, uh, I just thought of a a way to to make it an easier sell. You could use the coronavirus here. I I try to flip that in all my conversations in work as well. So like flip it to, to see it as an opportunity like we need this vr headset because we won't be able to travel for two years so yes. we need to travel in virtual reality instead okay. something like that i need this because i can't fly to the meeting in wherever i can't fly to boston next week because uh, i i need to uh, because of the coronavirus i need this uh, headset instead you know what? I'm totally using that. I didn't even think of it. <laughs> instead, instead, it was being used against me. And here you go. You just flipped it. You know what? This is why Bitcoin needs you. You're like the perfect counter argument. <laughs> like, 
You know, like maybe. Yeah, this is the real flippening. The real flippening is the is the flippening of the arguments. That's the awesome. flippening and the flopping, flippening and the flopping. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, so look, um, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, I, I don't want to totally suck, uh, you know, totally time suck all your day. But um, do you have no any problem, dude? Do you have any? Uh, you have any final thoughts for the uh, for the listeners? Right now, being all huddled in to, uh, you know, coronavirus land. I Actually, you know what? When this podcast mm. drops, it's probably going to be in about three weeks. So who knows how this ages and we're talking about coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what will it trigger? I mean, I'm both in the, uh, uh, for fuck's sake, stay calm uh, uh, right? <laughs> part of the population. And uh, yeah. uh, at the same time, I'm uh, like, this might trigger that big collapse that we've all been so scared of for, since 2008. It's, it's very, very likely to, to be the, the trigger that... Uh, yeah like uh, this might be it this might be where the beginning of the end of, of our current year and like that's coupled with the 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 intellectual level of of our politicians around the globe uh, which is so depressingly low everywhere and it's, uh, and uh, uh, yeah no one no one knows what will happen and but chaos is a ladder <laughs> this is true this is true but i i do yeah. agree with you i'm part of the for fuck's sakes you know stay calm yeah. but at the yeah. same time just be prepared you know there's nothing wrong yeah. with being prepared just don't be insane and don't panic you know no exactly like that's all uh, it, everyone seems to be panic prepared uh, to prepare themselves for panic yeah oh, yeah yeah the, emptying all the shop shelves uh, i mean it doesn't help anyone buying the stuff you don't use i, I tweeted that out today like i, I it's like pe- people are buying food they normally never eat because all of a sudden yeah. i may be locked in for two months okay so let me get this straight you didn't want this shit for three years now all of a sudden you think you're gonna eat it in the next two months <laughs> like that that's really what's happening yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I admit, uh, I have to admit, I I did a bit of prepping myself. I bought a lot of pasta and rice and stuff like that, stuff that uh, never ages. (laughs) No, no, but that's different, right? Like, that's food that never ages. But, like, like, you know, comfort food, you never know. Yeah, like ravioli, canned ravioli and stuff like that. You know, like, (laughs) now I need it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, look, man, stay safe, you know, keep your family safe and, uh, you know, I uh, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today and uh, and, and chatting. Yeah, this, 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 this was great, great fun, great fun. Cool, man. Uh, Thank you so much, and I hope to have you on again for your new book, which shall not be named. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully it gets done uh, in the not too far future here. Uh, like, uh, I really want it to get out there. Because yeah, I'm fueled by the enthusiasm for the uh, for sovereignty for uh, through mathematics. I I uh, uh, I've been more uh, how how do I put this? Uh, I've been less afraid of my own thoughts in this new book and letting like thoughts flow uh, the 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 whole nine yards of what the expression is like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, so it's going to be, 
It's going to be Canute unfiltered. Yeah. Right. It's going to be Definitely. you wrong. So I mean, that's the best. Yeah. That's the best writing. Then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the best writing, yeah. man. I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to hearing what other people have to say about it because it's in the same vein as the first book, of course. It's oh. like, uh, but you, you, I believe you can elaborate on these ideas a lot. The rabbit hole really doesn't have a bottom. Like, like, uh, you can never hit bottom in the, in the rabbit hole. And and like I like I've been saying on a lot of other pods, it's not a rabbit hole. It's a honey badger's den. Ooh, I like and, that. And <laughs> and you will be bitten, but don't worry. <laughs> oh man, I'm writing that down. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I haven't yeah. heard that. Okay, well, look, man. Again, thank you so much for for being on the pod. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I, uh, yeah, I look been a pleasure. To, I look forward to chatting again soon. Yeah, me too. Uh, take care and take care of your family and friends uh, during this Corona bullshit. You too, man. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Knut Svanholm. It was really interesting. Um, he's definitely a totally cosmic guy. And uh, I was really glad to uh, to sit down and chat with him. So his, uh, his contact details will be in the show notes as well. As always, if you guys want to reach me uh, by email, I'm coinicarus at funwithbitcoin.com. If you guys want to catch me on Twitter or Telegram, I am at coin Icarus. Everybody stay safe, be well, and I'll catch you all next time. 